0: talks a chat with finance malta is the podcast series that gives you short thoughtful and regular insights from leading experts of the financial services industry i'm vanessa Macdonald. welcome governor of the central bank edward ciclona governor perhaps you could explain to us how you view the situation in switzerland with credit suisse and its recent takeover and and Saviour from from problems, and if there is any danger of contagion across the financial system,
1: I start by reassuring our listeners that the Maltese banking sector is resilient, backed by adequate capital buffers, and benefits from ample liquidity positions. I think this has to be said, because as we as you know, I mean the um, the our banks are monitored by the central bank and the MFSA, two important uh, bank regulators. One is the prudential. Macroprudential, we call record for the central bank and supervisory for, for for the mfsa and we meet regularly and monitor we have a dashboard um, under the ages of the fin- joint financial stability board which we meet uh, monthly and we discuss the situation of the uh, of the uh, well-being and the results of all this monitoring is also um, you know publicly uh, stated in, in our um, financial stability report which is a biannual Report, because we have the interim as well. At the same time, our banks are part of the, the euro system, you know, so whatever Christine indeed, Lagarde says would are, be for the whole indeed, euro system. Indeed, some of them are
0: considered to be systemically and important, ha- yes. And
1: has come out highlighting the emphatically the soundness of the eurozone banking sector with strong capital and liquidated positions. Because, you know, and this is not just a question of bragging, look, we're strong and we you know, I mean, we, we're, um, of course, uh, attentive to what's happening around us. But at the same time, we've worked so much after the international financial crisis. We've built um, European institutions, the, the European Stability Board, the, um, the, uh, the single supervisor, the banking, you know, um, all that uh, has. And the regulations, the stress testing, they've all gone away. And we have this this tool kit which we have used during the pandemic uh, very successfully and is ready to be used uh in the future as well so we have to put that within that context that's that's number one number two is that um both incidents both of the uh svb and signature banks in the us and the other one of credit Suisse in switzerland automatically but it's it's need to to underline it ...happened outside the euro system. So, of course, they they can create a contagion. They are also systemic, globally systemic banks. I'm referring more to the Credit Suisse rather than the SPP. But, um, but they were not in the euro system. So, it makes a big difference That's what well this way. Now, um, having said that, in both instances, their own regulators, the Fed in the, in the US... And the uh, Finma in the, in Switzerland have guaranteed all the deposits, not not just the first hundred euros, thousand euros like we have here in in the EU. Actually, in the US, it's two hundred fifty dollars, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But they went beyond that and and they guaranteed all the deposits. Um, you can't say the same for the shareholders and and uh, the, the uh, um, we call them tier one. Bondholders, the AT ones. Um, But in fact, we are, you know, we welcome both regulators' action. That was swift. In the case of Credit Suisse, they had to really be so fast that not even the shareholders, all the shareholders were were informed, or bondholders or whatever. So, but the point is, they wanted to close the deal on a Sunday night. Before the Asian uh, stock exchanges and the financial markets open uh, the following, the following day. Now the only fly in the ointment, we're not one hundred percent happy with what has happened, is because the in the Switzerland uh, case, the regulators' case, they didn't follow the hierarchy, the ranking of bank resolution we have agreed, and this is so important for everybody to know, to be followed, if. A bank is close to failure, which is that all you know it's the first share, the shareholders who have to bear the burden of the losses, and when all that is taken up, then if not that's not enough, then you come to the first tier, which is the of, of the bondholders, um, you know, and so they might do some, or you know, with a haircut or whatever, whatever is necessary. Unfortunately, um, and that really has upset us in a way, as as an ECB and the Governing Council, is that the Swiss went, they didn't call it a bail-in. Keep in mind that before, in the Irish case and and so on, it was a bailout. The taxpayer had to bear the burden. Not anymore. We've decided that it's not fair. Whoever invests in the banking sector will have to bear the burden, and it was called the bail-in, first shareholders and then the bondholders. The Swiss didn't call it either, and they set an arrangement, and they, they sold the bank to UBS, which, which is fine, that's their business, but the, um, the bondholders, the, 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 A, the tier one bondholders, were wiped out, while the shareholders still didn't lose uh, all the investment. And that has sent strong um, mixed signals around the world. What is the eu has this changed you know although we are not part of the eu it 's a European country, and it 's very odd that that uh, they haven 't followed the standard global arrangement and it has repercussions, especially for banks because when you know all banks are after um, increasing their buffers and where do they get them from either from the shareholders or from bond bond, bond holders and um, the market has become very risky, and some people say it might have been, it might even disappear. You know, banks won't find anybody to invest in these bonds when they will be penalized more than the
0: shareholders. Indeed, this is one of the concerns so for contagion. In
1: our case, you know, both uh, Christina Gard and, and, and the name of us, the governing council, together with the single supervisor, the banking authority, have emphasized that the arrangement for the EU is the same, their bank resolution in case there is hopefully, uh, no but if there is the, the, it hasn't changed the hierarchy that the shareholders bear the, the burden first rather than, so that's the only um, how would I say um, issue which with which we have, because after all you know it's the central banks who are in this unique position to play such a crucial role in, 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 in containing crisis and contagion. They are trusted and they cannot play with words. And that's why we're making all this fuss, so to speak, about the arrangement for for bail-ins in in the European Union. Now, um, this news both from the US and Switzerland came when we were meeting in the governing council. Can you imagine? We're all prepared to increase the rates and... uh, this news comes, and we don't know what are the repercussions, what's the outcome, nothing. No. But finally, and that's where we came to an agreement and increased the rates, was we looked at ourselves and said, look, are we or not confident in our system that it can withstand? Do we have a toolkit which, where we have instruments which we've used in the pandemic, so when banks will need liquidity, we're ready to supply them? The answer was yes, and we opened in fact a window for, for U.S. dollars, swaps with other banks. And we are ready to stand by with other instruments, There's PAPS, Teltros, you name them, which, although we were going to close down now after the pandemic, we're ready to open up if there is a need. So far, there are no, there's no need. So to create stability, we continue with our business, but we may we said um, Christine Lagarde spoke that um, that this toolkit is ready to be used in case uh, banks would need would would would, would, would feel the need
0: um, Thank you very much for that. Perhaps we can now also uh, impose on you to get your opinion on what is happening with interest rates and inflation at the moment there is we are facing quite high inflation as a result of a number of things, not the least of which is the Ukraine-Russia war. However, what is good for one side of the equation um, is bad for the others. So, okay. how is the Central I, I, Bank I'll of Malta seeing as that? You said,
1: you know, first of all, I mean, we are fighting inflation. Um, the difference from past inflations was the way it started was what we call the supply. It came from energy. Putin, the war, and no central bank has any and the enterprises going up in astronomical figures. <clears throat> no central bank has any instruments to control what Putin does or what the war, you know, or energy prices. So we're helpless at that point our instruments are demand-oriented. In other words, we suppress demand. If it's inflationary, um, what we call the core inflation, really, spreading and de-anchoring of people's expectations, wages, you name it. So we had to wait uh, quite a bit to see how that will play out. But because it was delayed, it finally started hitting, you know, started infiltrating into the general kind of inflation and that is what bothers us and now we today we have two pictures the nominal inflation caused by energy food transportation logistics is finally coming down it has peaked and it's coming down which is good news but the bad news is the core inflation is not coming down now it, it's um, meaning it's still going up but it's because of the lags being affected by the other type of inflation so it will take time but in the meantime wages will, con- will, will be requested to increase um, On the other hand we have also the fiscal side where ministers and governments today are more conscious than ever and being How would I say a bit more generous than in the past? I mean, they've done it in the pandemic because there was a need. They feel a need now because of the energy prices, but the point is they're spending a lot of money in order to protect the household, which is a good thing for the family, but bad for the inflation. In other words, it, it, it will definitely not pull, pulling in the same direction as the central bank. We're tightening while the governments are not tightening, let's put it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a mild way. So both the fiscal deficits and so on, and wages um, are pulling towards higher inflation, but at the same time, energy and uh, the other commodities are coming down. So, and then there's monetary policy. By increasing the interest rates, they will, there's, we call it the transmission mechanism. They will filter through, first the markets, then bond prices, and the yields will go up, and um, finally, it will affect the banks, you know, they will get more interest rates on the deposit at central bank, but then, you know, they will, um, they will affect their own rates, um, their loans and deposits. Is
0: this what you anticipate, that banks will have to raise the and interest rates? And it's
1: working rates? in the EU, mm-hmm. in the different countries. In Malta, and historically this is what has happened, the transmission is um, slower. And, and quite slow, in fact you, you you get a chairman and the CEO saying we 're not going to change them for the foreseeable future, you know like, like that, and the reason being is that our banks, which is a good thing, are have all been profitable, high liquidity, excess liquidity in a way, so they, they don't, they're not you know um, why would they not pay higher rates on deposits they honestly they don't even need them. You know so they wouldn't say that, but you know the the interest they pay on the deposits show that they are not that keen, otherwise they will be increasing and competing on on the loan side, that's where competitiveness come in, and no bank would like you know um, to lose clients to other banks, so they are reluctant to increase now which is why would mortgages that would and that loans mean that they are not going to raise rates and loans and so on? No. Finally, when it starts, you know, hitting and, 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 and you know, and, and they would, slowly. But we're noticing that the transmission effect is slower and therefore the rates, both on loans and deposits, have not responded as much as in other countries. Actually, they were higher in the first place. So what's happening is that the rates in the, on the continent, let's call it that, are coming up, meeting ours. But so far, ours are a little bit flat, coming up slowly, slowly. But we cannot rule out that mortgages and loans and so on would not be finally affected. And if they do, just it's actually what the central bank wants. I mean, ironically, we don't want to hurt anybody. But if the transmission effect doesn't work, inflation is not going to be affected. So... We would like, we, we're monitoring very closely the transmission mechanism in all the countries of the euro system, including Malta. And this is how the, the you know, you get as close as can be for demand to be subdued. There will be less expenditure, less, less of this, so that uh, people will say, ah, you know, the, 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 the central bank is, is keen, determined about reaching that, bringing down the inflation rate towards the 2%. And that's where we want to go, hopefully by the year 2025. So, to answer your question, yes, um, the depositors will be um, you know, rewarded and those who borrow will be penalised. Um, but it depends on the country uh, you're in.
0: Having said that, that would be good news for pensioners who already perhaps disproportionately affected by inflation. Um, so if they get more from their savings, surely that would help as well.
1: Um, that, that brings us to sort of how, you know, and that, that's almost the government round, but, but in any case, I mean, of course, it's a concern to us as well at Central Bank. But um, pensioners, wage earners, uh, would be affected by inflation and interest rates in, in different Degrees, but but um, for pensioners who have been waiting for such a long time for interest rates to go up. However, I don't want to to complicate matters. There is a money illusion in all this. That that, and it's you know we're tricked or or, you know with this money illusion. Even myself, if you were to ask me, would you prefer a, a coupon of say? Five uh, percent, even inflation being six, rather than a, a coupon of one percent when inflation is zero. Now, strictly speaking, you you remove the inflation rate, and it, in one case it could be negative, but still people we're we're human, and we get tricked. You know, and we call it money illusion. It's a standard principle in, in economics, um, but it's true. I mean, ideally there will be a healthy rate of return on one's savings, which you have worked um, throughout your lifetime.
0: Governor, thank you very much for this. I'm sure it will be a great relief for people to hear your message. That's all for today. Subscribe now to the FinTalks and follow Finance Malta on all social media platforms to stay updated with all our activities. Till the next podcast.